Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. That is right. It is the craft beer news segment of Better on Draft. My name is Ken. Thank you so much for joining us on this Friday night. Folks, we record Friday night. Every Friday night, live, 7.15 p.m. Eastern, followed by the Craft Beer News after the interview segment. Thank you so much for Matty O joining us from Fiddlehead Brewing over in Shelburne, Vermont. Let's go around and see what everybody is drinking, starting with Wendy. Wendy, what do you got? I am drinking a Duclaw Brewing Opportunity Awaits. And, of course, on deck, I have a Mad Elf because it is that time of year. I uh, just exploded the third can of juicy Juno juice that I just uh, opened. Dan, what do you got? And uh, make it long. <laughs> how are how are those IPAs going for you? First off, uh, the the Juno juices are very very good. Oh, okay. So everyone heard that. Ken enjoys IPAs. I, uh, I so enjoy the Juno juice. I do have a can of the Icy Bay IPA. Uh, from Alaskan that I'm trying to finish as well. So next time uh, you say you don't like IPAs, we're just going to play a recording of you saying that that IPA is really good. I'll um, just make sure I start saying I don't like most IPAs. <laughs> yeah, but you already said you don't like IPAs. It's not like we can't get that. Anyways, I've got a bacon and egg still uh, from Pizza Port and the Val Pace from Lacumbre. You still cleaning up over there? Uh, I realized I have absolutely nothing to clean, uh, clean it up with. So I mean, you have a shirt. So <laughs> I, I do have a shirt. That is for sure. That is what happens. <laughs> yes. Well, for I would spilling. like to throw a shout out to my parents real quick for uh, Mule and this Trogues beer back for me on their way back into town from their uh, West Coast ex- excursion. I guess I would call it. Hell yeah! Their shout out to Wendy's trip. parents. It's always Congrats. good to have people that love you. Yes, yes, it and is. we'll bring you beer. That's uh, the most important part. Who cares if they <laughs> love you or not? If they'll bring you beer, it's well. If they love me, they will bring me beer. <laughs> I I will still always tell the story. My father, this is before uh, New Belgium sent their beer here to Michigan. Uh, my father was in Colorado, and on his last day in Colorado, he went to the New Belgium brewery, got a growler filled, put it on ice drove it back to Michigan and I had as fresh as you could get. It was only two days old um, from the, uh, from the, the stream itself over in new Belgium, fat tire posted on Facebook, got some fresh fat tire from a growler. And sure enough, my friend uh, showed up at my doorstep. No, no more than 15 minutes later. Like, Oh, here you have fat tire. Hell yeah. Uh, it's still one of the funniest things ever. It's a um, a remembering to not post everything on social media because then people will drink your beer. True story. That's what I learned on that. Uh, with the craft beer news segment, each of us bring an article to talk about. Let's start with Wendy. Wendy, what do you want to talk about today? Well, I found an article um, that talks about a little bit of a um, disagreement is the word a debate going on in the beer industry right now. Um, I got the article from probrewer.com 
Uh, apparently, there is a rising debate triggered by Berkeley Yeast, a California yeast supplier who has indicated that it can remove or add certain genes based on flavor preference to their yeast. An example that they gave was Tropics yeast, which was created to provide the taste of passion fruit and guava. Uh, the company claims that the yeast is better than adding adjuncts, such as artificial flavors, and is more reliable than requiring constant supply of certain fruits. Uh, better on Draft episode 298, guest Omega Yeast got a shout out in the article uh, because they recently revealed that they had discovered a specific gene that helps cause hazy beer. But that's a whole other story. Uh, the debate here comes in because apparently uh, the U.S. has way more relaxed regulations on the use of genetically modified foods than the rest of the world. So there is some um, ascension, dissension to uh, the fact that people are using genetically modified yeast. Um, apparently, U.S. brewers using gene edited yeast in their products is a secret that everyone in the industry already knew about. Um some, like Jerry, Jeremy Marshall, the head brewer at Lagunitas Brewing, says that the yeast gets filtered out, so nothing genetically modified gets into the final product, just the flavor compounds, which are little bags of enzymes. Um, others have a strict no-GM policy, choosing to stick with traditional cross-pollination methods of advancement. Uh, my favorite part of the whole story was that Marshall noted, the holy grail of what yeast makers like Berkeley want to do is engineer an IPA that stays fresh forever Taste consistent everywhere you go, and its hops never go old. So what is your opinion of this? Should we be watching out for genetically modified ingredients? Will it influence your beer choice? What say you? Dan? Oh, okay. I didn't know who you were going to first. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm all for it. Like they said at Lagunitas, the yeast doesn't stain your beer. Um Everything we eat, you know, food's not the same as it was 10,000 years ago. Everything's been modified in some way, shape, or form. So if this is the next level or this is the next step to make beer, and like you said, where the hops don't fall off and you don't have to have a constant supply of fresh fruit, fresh hops, hop cones, those type of things that are difficult to get at times, depending on where you are, this is a great way to go about it. I don't see what the issue is. I can go first before I respond to that. Yeah, I'm going to be in the same camp as Dan. I think in a world of one wanting to make the same beer, you know, throughout the years to um, look at the uh, shit show that we had during the, the COVID years of craft beer, trying to get ingredients across, you know, international borders, even national borders, even state borders, um, having the ability to have, a flavor profile that you can create from the yeast. Um, I think one will give you uh, maybe I would say give home brewers a little bit more uh, leeway to make the beer that they want to make, especially if I'm a home brewer and I can make a beer that lasts longer because I don't drink my home brews as fast as I drink other beers. Um that's that's a great thing for me. That's a great selling point. That's a thing where I would pay more money for that because now I know my, you know, 48 bottles of my my amber ale clone um from Bells will last a decent amount of time to where now I can share it with friends and family and not have to drink it to drink it. Um and that was kind of like a, a bad thing for me is is that I made an English mild that I loved, but I 
didn't always want an English mild. I wanted something else and I wouldn't drink it as fast as I would other beers. And it just kind of like sat there. So give me something that can, you know, make it easier for me to brew because I'm not a scientist, you know, give me proper steps, like making a recipe. Great. Perfect. Um, And I think for the brewers, they're not going to necessarily use it and abuse it the way that home brewers would. So I think this is going to be an overall benefit for the consumer, the home brewer and the brewer itself to be able to, you know, make it God, God forbid if something happened and like say old nation announced like tart strawberry, and then they couldn't get their strawberries or they couldn't get that one ingredient. Now they're SOL. um, And that's going to piss off a lot of people. Whereas now I can have a yeast strain that's going to give me that taste, you know, tart strawberry flavor, and I don't have to worry about certain ingredients not making it. So I tend to agree with what both of you said. Um, I did do a little bit of uh, digging because I wanted to see what the difference is uh, between cross-pollinating and hybrid plants as opposed to genetic modification because if you talk to a farmer, they'll tell you all food is genetically modified in some way because you're cross-pollinating things and you're breeding things to make them better. Um, so apparently where the descent lies is it has something to do with kind of the butterfly effect because they don't know when you take a gene out or change where a gene is in the sequence. They don't know how that's going to react in our bodies later. There isn't enough research on it before they start releasing it. So I think that's where a lot of the concern lies when it comes to things like that. I don't know either way. I think I'm all for beer tasting good. So I have to trust people that know what they're doing to do that because I don't do it myself. (laughs) I mean, how many within the ingredients that we're even using today, the yeast strains, the barley, the malt, the hops and stuff like all of these things are going to have touched some type of, as you said, um, genetically modified uh, version of it. You're not getting, you know, hops from the same uh, hop farm every time. Is it going to be the same? Is it going to act the same? Is it going to grow the same? Are they not doing anything to prevent uh, weather anomalies that could kill their crop for the entire year and ruin their, you know, livelihood? Um, There, there's too many things right now that already exist in the world of GMOs that I this is just a, a step to create more beer better. Um, and I'm for it. Yeah. If you eat or drink anything, it's, it isn't, it's already been modified. It doesn't matter how, like I said earlier, you're not eating the same food from 10,000 years ago. It doesn't matter what you do. So I think they might be overthinking it just a little bit. There's, I mean, we we still live in an industry where people are like, if your beer is not Ryan Heights Kaboot, then it is not good. Well, like, those guys also fall into the uh, CBYs. So, I I would say <laughs> um, EBYs, European beer yeastuses. Oh yeah, maybe um, there's not a lot of them in the U.S., but yeah, yeah, I I don't see too many people with our you know, seltzer smoothie smooge and milkshake IPA double guava some, you know, like that doesn't exist really here in the United States. Sure. There's probably going to be people that care about it um, or the people that want like the beer flavored beer. 
but yeah, it, I don't really see too many people here in the US, except for people that quote unquote, you know, that that care about having GMOs in their food that are shopping at the Whole Foods or the Trader Joe's or wherever you can get non-GMO food. And that's like still a, you know, a, a game where you're guessing as much, you know, it might say non-GMO because whatever FDA regulation that they followed mm-hmm. is non-GMO, but the 10 steps before were GMO. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I mean, when, Wendy, what do you, you don't, if, if you could make a beer that was consistent at home, this gives you a lot more leniency and leeway. Would you start homebrewing? Well, I have tried homebrewing, um, not very successfully so far. So, um, based on all the brewers that we've talked to since I have been hosting on the show with you guys. Um, I'm right on track to be a brewer in like 30 years. So <laughs> keep practicing. That's all I'm going to yeah, tell you. Keep, keep practicing. practicing is, Don't is give it what up. I've learned over the, yeah. over the time is they have all of them to say that their first batch was not good. Yeah. Just so, keep going. Um, mine didn't even turn out. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to get one of my homebrew friends to come over and show me where I'm taking the wrong steps before I can say something like that. But yeah, if I could do it consistently, I would probably do it on my own. And getting the the ingredients is, you know, half the battle. So having this like a a yeast strain that can help you where now you only have to worry about, you know, the hops and the malt and not the adjuncts. Perfect. If you can get this in uh, cider and mead and getting all these qualifications to where now I don't have to spend $800 on a bottle of Shram's mead. Um, yeah, so I'm glad you brought up me because that's actually where my bond went to because it is a much longer process than beer. So, for example, if you wanted to make like a blueberry blackberry mead and having something that could give that flavor without having to dump a ton of puree and then getting the mead out of that um, and not having to back sweeten it. So all that sugar, you know, when you put that yeast in, that sugar goes away. I think the one thing you're going to run into there is, you know, it's going to be a traditional mead color versus that, you know, dark color someone would look like for those flavors. But if you can do that and cut down the time, cut down the mess and the cost, I think it'd be an amazing type of thing. Better on draft is made possible. Thanks to our sponsor, North Center Brewing in Northville, Michigan. Open Tuesday to Sunday, North Center provides a fun atmosphere with amazing beer. Try their Bobby English while playing shuffleboard or wash down their classic Reuben sandwich with a glass of painkiller. Find them online at northcenterbrewing.com. Better on Draft is sponsored by Zatuna Liquor. Located on Rochester Road in Rochester Hills, go visit Jack and see why he is known as one of the best beer and bourbon stores in the state. A large variety of singles, wine, booze, and snacks, Zatuna Liquor is your one-stop shop before a party. Better on Draft is sponsored by Craftapt. Currently located in 11 states, including Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, Craftapt is a monthly subscription that pays for itself after just one visit to your local brewery. Use the code BOD at checkout and receive 15% to any membership, not just for Michigan fans. For Michigan fans, get 50% off your first two pints at each venue you go to, including Better on Draft-sponsored North Center Brewing and 2022 March Draftness winner Copper Hop in St. Clair Shores. Well, Dan, I'll pass it to you. What do you want to talk about today? All right, so I've got this article. We're not going to go into the story of why, but it's going to lead to a question uh, for you guys. So 
Uh, Bud Light Brewers are confident it can win back U.S. drinkers, but sales are still down after the backlash. We all know that story. We covered it in depth. Um, While their revenue worldwide was up 5%, in the U.S. it tumbled 13.5%, and their dollar sales were down 29%. You know, we've talked about the story, you know, beat it to death back in when it all happened. We're not going to go there, but here's my thing. So they think they can win uh, beer drinkers back. It doesn't seem like they are. We all know Modelo. You know, it's Modelo time 24-7 now. That's taken over in a really big way. So what I want, excuse me, I want to ask both of you, um, like Bud Light thinks they can win you back. If you are turned off by a brewery um, or by a specific beer, are they able to win you back down the road? Ken, I'm going to start with you. Um, Let's let's talk about the uh, elephant in the room, um, and that is Founders. Okay. Uh, I have not touched a Founders in five years, four years, five years. Um, and could they win me back? The answer is yes. I was going to um, say you have laid out what would what they could do, and I, I'll have you go into this. But you've laid out what they can do to get you back. Yeah, for me as a consumer, and for many people as a consumer, especially in the Metro Detroit area, obviously uh, everything's a little bit different depending on where you are. But in the Metro Detroit area, um, the one of the head brewers, founders, owners um, promised something to the local. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing TV or somebody in the background. Um, so one of the the things they promised is that they would have a sit down with the local black beer community, uh, which we have in Detroit called the Bruce Brothers. They've been on the show plenty of times. You can go check them out. Go check out our Drinking While Black episodes. Um, and you'll kind of understand uh, the story a little bit more. And after they promised that, and I'm guessing this was a lawyer thing um, where the lawyer told them that don't do that. Uh, and they reneged on it. Um, and since then, that's really the the one thing they need to do is finish that commitment for me. Um, talk. And you'd be popping open a CBS. As soon oh as yeah. It's done. Oh, I I I do it during it. I I would drink my my Centennial. I I loved Centennial. You guys remember that? That was like my yeah. only IPA beer that I would drink is Centennial. And if they were to do that, hell yeah, I I'd open it up because that was a very important thing to the black beer community here in Michigan. Um, A very important thing for them to address during the whole racial lawsuit issue. Um, But in the end, they've we've given them actually, and I I won't say who we've talked to, um, but we've given them extra times to have this sit down. We've given them opportunity to say, we will facilitate the sit down. And this is not in front of a microphone, not in front of a camera. This is literally just at a table, nobody recording, not for a podcast, not for a show, not for content, not for media, just finish what you promised by sitting down with the Bruce brothers and having that conversation. You have that conversation. You win me back for a lot of these people that are, Uh, anti-Bud Light, they want something like that. They want that apology, admittance to what they feel is Bud Light's um, fault, problem, issue, wrongdoing. Um, So I think a lot of people in this world, like 
you, if you have your conviction, you have your belief, um, everybody should have the ability to, you know, come back to the table. You should give everyone that ability to come back to the table. Um, but, you know, making it apparent. And I think Bud Light drinkers have made it apparent what they want, former Bud Light drinkers, um, just as we in Metro Detroit have made our opinion of what we want to come back to Founders. Founders believes that they don't need us. And Budweiser believes that their drinkers that left will come back no matter what, or they'll deal with it with other products in their line. Well, and I personally believe that um, Bud Light didn't handle it properly, not only in saying, hey, we did this wrong, but by the way they handled the situation, the the people that they were targeting to try to get to win over to them were like, well, why would we come to you? You don't care. We were throwaways as soon as you got the chance. So they, they, I just think they handled it incorrectly all around. And I think there's too many things out there for drinkers to want. Um, I think a lot of Bud Light, a lot of people that left Bud Light are also the drinkers that are going to go to your RTDs and your seltzers and things like that. They're the ones who, the, a lot of the people who are leaving are also people who don't necessarily want to drink that beer. So I don't think that they're going to be able to win. They might be able to win a portion of them back, the people who just liked Bud Light for Bud Light but I don't think they'd be able to win back the other people because there's just too many things out there. There's no reason to drink it now. Yeah. I think that with Budweiser and I'll pass it back to Dan here in a moment to, to get his thoughts on this, but with Budweiser, Bud Light, um, Anheuser-Busch as an organization, they kind of just pissed off everybody. Um, They, they upset the people that they, um, you know, tried to target by tossing aside um, the entire content and everything like that, like, Oh, whatever. We're just going to go back, you know, before it, we lose too many customers. So you lost everyone you were targeting. Plus you lost your customers and then you really don't do anything to uh, address the situation. And again, you know what I feel personally about what they need to do or not to do to address the situation is irrelevant. Um, I don't, you know, I, it, it didn't affect me in any way possible other than all of their actions were all of their, the Royal, their Budweiser actions were terrible. Um, but Dan, I'm curious what you think. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that because one of the things they started doing right after this is all of a sudden going back to commercials with pickup trucks, flannel country music, like, Oh, this is who we are. This is, you know, these are. These are our people all of a sudden. But the reality is, and one of you kind of touched on this, but, you know, I think a lot of people that were drinking Bud Light didn't know there were other beers out there. You know, they probably thought all beer was the same. They were drinking Bud Light. You know, we know the typical Bud Light drinker. And then they're finding things like Modelo, and it actually tastes way better. If you have to drink that style of beer, you know, something like a Modelo, even a Miller Light is like way better than a Bud Light. So I don't think they're going to go back just because now they found something way better that they enjoy. 
similar style. You know, they're not switching to a, you know, an Imperial Porter or anything like that. I think they've lost them now because their beer is just trash. It started with, you know, stop polarizing everyone. You know, the la- the worst thing you can do when you're in business is polarizing one set of people and chasing away another. You know, you want to be able to sell to everyone. And they unfortunately went that route where they knew they were probably going to upset a good customer base. And now I don't think they can get them back just based off of finding better things. And when you're deal like, I, I don't think they believed the amount of people that one drank Bud Light were in that category and two uh, would stop drinking and like commit to stop drinking. Cause this wasn't just like a, um, a one month, one week or one month boycott. Like this oh, is last. Still going. I, I, I don't know if you guys thought the same. I did not think it was going uh, to last this long. I, I thought it was going to be a month or two of like, Oh, you know, we'll drink Miller light or, Oh, we'll drink Mick ultra and, you know, not realize that it's still Anheuser Busch. Um, I am the, the, the conviction people have shown, but, uh, I think Wendy hit the nail on the head. People realize there's other beer out there and they exactly. realized it's not that much more expensive if at all. And they can and go it drink it so much better. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think Budweiser will, I, I don't think they'll take over the number one spot anytime soon. I think they're, they're doing their best to, to get back in. Like they just sponsored UFC. I think they're the UFC. They did. Beer People started, People started boycotting that. So we'll see what happens with UFC now, too. Yeah, that's that's the thing is that people, when that happened, they're like, hey, no, like, why would you do this? Do you not know? But I I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that, this is one of those weird things where it really struck a chord with people um, for the promotion that Budweiser did earlier this year. And people are just not too happy about it. It basically comes down to don't try to alienate anyone who is your customer. Be for everyone. You don't have to promote one thing or another, I think, is what it comes down to. I mean, I don't I don't think Budweiser really thought a single post on somebody's because all this was the entire deal was a single post on somebody else's Instagram. That was it. There was no commercials. There was no uh, marketing ad blitz or anything like that. It was a single post promo on somebody's Instagram. And then it just went to shit. Hundreds of other people that they deal with. It was um, just the fact that a celebrity brought it to the forefront and made a big deal about it is really what it came down to. I didn't even know who that person was. I don't think any of us Until this happened. (laughs) So, I, I mean... He brought it to light and he made a big deal about it. And that's what blew it up. It didn't have anything to do with that one post because a couple thousand people might've seen it. Yeah. In the community that the, um, the social media influencer resides in, right. like they were the only ones that were going to see it. And then the, the, the person, the guy you mentioned that saw it, reposted it and then boom, explosion. Um, I mean, I wish I could get a social media post to explode like that, good or bad. That's right? enough. I can't get over 200 people to find. Yeah, I'll, I'll, um, 
God, what am I trying to say? All publicity is good publicity, good or bad. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think in the end, I did. This isn't going to kill Budweiser. This isn't going to kill Anheuser Busch. It's not going to kill the company at all. But will it kill Bud Light in the U.S.? It seems like it's no, kinda, no. You don't think no. so? Kill? No. All right, maybe not. Kill is a bad word, but. <laughs> Their market maybe share is like, going way down still. Maybe like amputate the foot because you just gave it diabetes. Sure. <laughs> diabetes. Kill no. <laughs> um, so my topic, uh, as we've talked about plenty of uh we, I if you guys remember, we actually had the the little trivia message where like all of these different alcohol products sponsored by celebrities. Uh, Two Roads Brewing over in Stan- Stratford, Connecticut, is doing a guy fieri. drink oh (laughs) it is a spiked fruit punch this is a fmb uh is going to be a the flavor town fruit punch uh six percent apv uh sponsored by of course guy fieri um i'm guessing there's going to be plenty of it in all the shows like diners drive-ins and dives where he's gonna be drinking it while he drives the camaro (laughs) Uh, i think he's just going to find it uh, find it. You're going to see it at every single dive bar for some reason. Like, oh, wow, this one dive bar actually has my drink. Crazy. What dive bar in North Dakota? Oh, they'll definitely be using it on Triple G. Oh, guys, they'll have to make oh, yeah. three different recipes. Oh, oh, yeah, they will. <laughs> it's like, I don't know oh, what yeah. Triple G is, but now I, oh, I get it. Triple G, Triple yeah. G. I am a huge Guy Fury fan. Just so you know, you're a I, big guy. I, if, are you going to get his FMB when it? I reaches? will try it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I sort of Wendy's alley. She always talks about that. Yes. <laughs> so if if I'm flipping through the channels and one of his shows is on, I will watch it whether I've seen it or not. It's it's ridiculous. I know, but I just I love the shows. He cracks me up. I don't think I've ever watched any of his shows. Oh, it's oh. worth it. Like, Triple D is a great show. You can yes. just watch that for hours. I have a whole list of places that I want to see based on watching that show. Like, I'll be sitting there and I'll just add it into my phone after I watch him at wherever he's at. There's there's a few times where, like, people will put up. When we went to Denver, there's a, a little dive joint that everybody knows about that is right over by um like downtown denver area and that place is always packed and we've tried to get in a few times a few times i've been to denver over the past few years um but i know my uncle's a big fan and i know he like will anytime he goes anywhere he'll see what was on dry diners drive-ins and dives and then go there uh oh, because yeah. it was on the show for sure um i i feel like the only show that's like close to that that i've watched is i used to watch man vs food all the time Oh, it's a great show. And of course, Dan knows that I am a sucker for Bar Rescue. Oh, I love um, that show too. So great I show. those are like the only two shows that I'll watch in the restaurant industry uh portion I like, of uh, things. Bobby Flay's the Titan one too. Is that a cooking Andy, show? Bobby, Bobby Flay. I like Bobby Flay too. He's fun to watch. I know he's uh, plays a fun show. Yeah. The fact so, that everybody just rips on him the whole time, I think yeah. it's hilarious. And that he's just he just takes it and is like, okay, whatever. Sometimes I'll rip back, sometimes he's just like, you're right. 
I, I think it's hilarious. I did go to, uh, I was in Atlanta. We went to the worst bar um, because one of my friends told us we need to go there when he saw that I was in Atlanta. So we went there and probably two years later, I was watching Triple D on some other trip. And I'm like, God, that place looks so familiar. And then they brought out their homemade corn dogs. And I was like, I've been there. That was fun. <laughs> I'm like, I know that. That's what we had. Uh, Gary on our Facebook page is saying, Woo Girls in Savannah and Nashville are happy. I'm guessing those are obviously the the aforementioned girls who go to a bar and go, Woo! Uh, Yes. Where did that even come from? Uh, I know, I know a reference from How I Met Your Mother, and this is where Matt Bush would come like with an entire breakdown of the entire episode of Woo Girls from How I Met Your Mother. I could um, probably give you that breakdown, but I'm going to refrain. <laughs> I mean, I was a huge How I Met Your Mother fan. Um, we, did, I think Dan was in this car ride. Uh, so Rob, former host Rob, did a uh, special event for How I Met Your Mother trivia from Sporkle, and I got every question but one right um on the entire drive and i'm like oh i know too much about this show i've watched too much of it <laughs> uh so my my obviously i was bringing this up as news and my question to you guys is that is there a uh tv personality that you would want to sponsor or bring out like is, is there one that would come out that you would have to go get. Obviously, Wendy, you're a big Guy Fieri fan, so this is up your alley. Is there a different uh, TV personality that you might be like, oh, I'll go buy their their FMB, their beverage, or something like that? Like, honestly, I would go if if um, Neil Patrick Harris did something. Speaking of how I met your mother, um, <laughs> if uh, NPH did something, I would probably go be like, oh, I'll go buy it. Um, and. I'm trying to think of Zachary Quinto. Um, I all of his work that he's done in the American Horror Story series, like just great stuff. So, uh, yeah, I would I would go get like a Zachary Quinto beer or beverage or something like that. But Wendy, do you have a a TV personality? I don't know. Go to Dan first. Let me think about it a minute. <laughs> all right. So this is totally going to polarize everyone. If Greg Gutfeld and Tyrus got together and did a beer, I'd drink it all day. Those so Tyrus is a professional wrestler, which uh retired pro wrestler. Oh, didn't he just fight like someone like a month ago? Yeah, dropped the belt and retired. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he's EC3. retired now. <laughs> he, he he fought EC3. Um, I saw the match, it was not very good. No, uh, he's, he was done. And he got a uh, blood clot in that match somehow. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. Um, yeah, so those those are uh, political those are, personalities. Those are my the TV show hosts. Yeah, those are my those are my choices. Wendy, <laughs> no, I can't really think of anything. Guy Fieri, there you go. Yeah, yeah I mean, I. What if what if yeah, Bobby Flay did a beer? Oh, I would try it. Are you kidding? He's amazing when it comes to flavors and stuff, from what I understand. I would love to, I want to go to one of his restaurants or something, because from what I hear, like, he's amazing. So if he can cook that way, chances are he could probably make a beer. 
I feel like there's a lot of people out there that would uh, some of the more reality TV, like a Real Housewives, like if one of them made a rose oh or, or alcohol drink, be involved in that in any way. They have one of those, isn't it? That skinny girl vodka came is from one really? of the Real Housewives. Did, Did it, it really? Yeah. I, I I was just like, I wonder what what kind of like, or what about like Survivor. Like if you made like a survivor beer or a survivor mm-hmm. uh, whiskey or something like that. I don't know. I feel like that would be more like um, like prison whiskey or whatever they call it. And survivor uh, like to- toilet whiskey. <laughs> they're, making it, they're, they're making it over the campfire. I mean, how? No, you all you need is someone who like. Uh, embodies someone who would drink whiskey. You don't necessarily need someone who's drinking whiskey, but someone who embodies it. Like if you had, um, what was the guy who used to do the uh, the Old Spice commercial? Like I was about to say Isaac Terry Hayes. Cruz? Oh, no, uh, no, but pre Terry. Look Cruz. at me. I'm on a yeah, uh, yeah. Like if that guy did like a, a drink, like I think a lot of people. Like if you gave like that body type on Survivor, like you could easily sell something for sure. Uh, or uh, what's what's the the Bachelor Bachelorette? Oh God! <laughs> you think that it would I, sell? I don't, I don't watch <laughs> Listen here, here. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm talking. about to come on. You know, Barmageddon's gonna make a beer. Wait, Barmageddon or Armageddon? Are no, we Barmageddon? It's on okay, after Raw. So, on, so not on Bruce Willis. No. Ben Affleck. No. It's like Carson <laughs> Daly. Taylor. Like Carson Daly in that country singer and someone else. Oh, Carson Daly that. and that country singer. That country singer. <laughs> that country singer. Who's the country singer? Blake Shelton. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> the one that married that blonde chick. Gwen Stefani, right? Or not Gwen Stefani, the other mm-hmm. one. Uh, Christina Aguilera. No, no, he married oh, it Gwen, Stefani? Uh, Gwen Stefani. Oh. They, they all look the same. All those blondes. Who cares? I <laughs> there's so many things that's going on right now. Uh, first of all, I didn't know there was a show called Barmageddon. Um, second of all, I'm seeing there's like professional wrestlers on there. Um, obviously, since it followed you know WWE Raw, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and that country singer Blake Shelton. <laughs> That country singer. I'm gonna call him that from now on. Yeah, he 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 was married to that one other country singer. Who's that? Miranda Lambert. I have no idea who that is. I don't. I just. I'm I'm on Wikipedia right now. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not even <laughs> sure about anything. Like you you said that country singer. You said Blake Shelton. I'm like I'm pretty sure that's the guy from The Voice. And I'm like I'm pretty sure that's how he married Gwen Stefani was knowing her from The Voice. And I'm pretty sure they were like both married before they uh, like there, there were some broken marriages on that one. Sounds uh, like 2023. Yeah, we are <laughs> way off topic. So we're going <laughs> to finish the show, folks. Thank you so much for listening to us every Friday, 715 p.m. Eastern. We will be back next week with Great Lakes Brewing. Sweet. And of course, starting on Black Friday, which is the 24th, we will have our new new host. Uh, of the Better on Draft podcast. Uh, for those of you that haven't noticed, Dennis is no longer with us. 
Uh, he took a new job and in turn was unable to start the show. Shout uh, out to Dennis for tying the record. Uh, yes, yes. He <laughs> tied the brew locker um, and Tara. Yeah. <laughs> and Tara. Uh, that's going to do it. Better on draft podcast, better on draft on all the social medias, no matter what you think of your beer, we think it's better on draft. Have a good night. Cheers. And Trokes, we're looking for you. <laughs>